I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Today on Exploring the Prophetic, we have a friend of mine, Jennifer LeClaire, who I first met because she worked for Charisma Magazine at the time, and she actually did a front page article on me. And uh, so she was my interviewer. She actually did the article, and we ended up getting to talk quite a bit. And I got to know her ministry and who she was, and as she transitioned from Charisma, we just stayed connected. And now I'm with Charisma Podcast Network with this podcast. And uh, it was all because of Jennifer, because Jennifer opened the door there and connected me to the family of of Strang and of uh, Charisma, and it's been really a joy. But Jennifer's an internationally recognized author and apostolic prophetic voice, conference speaker, equipper. She's a senior leader of Awakening House of Prayer with Global Headquarters in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And she's also the founder of the Ignite Prophetic Alliance and founder of Awakening Prayer Hubs, Prayer Movement. Jennifer formerly served as the first ever female editor of Charisma Magazine, which of course is where I just said I met her. And Jennifer has a prophetic voice where she's prophesied some very risky things at the end of the Trump election, right when it was about to be done, she began to prophesy kind of a pro-Trump that God was going to raise Trump up. She also uh, prophesied about Brexit very clearly that Brexit would be a good thing for the UK and that God was going to do something through it that they couldn't see yet. And um, so I've really been encouraged by her her risk-taking, whether you agree with those words or not, to actually take your ministry and prophesy, believing that God's told you these things and walk it through with integrity. We need to learn from that, from people who are doing that kind of a thing. Because no matter what, if you're going to prophesy, especially on a platform of a, as a prophet, you're going to say things that are controversial and that shake things up. And Jennifer has done just that. One of the things that I want to ask her about is the importance of prophetic training, because she trains people all around the world how to hear from God. She comes from CI Christian International, which is uh, Bishop Bill Hammond, who is just one of the prophetic fathers and forefathers of the uh, movement of people who would prophesy. Who's pro- who, he's trained over 500,000 people, and Jennifer's continuing that legacy today in her own ministry and what she's doing. So we also have training for you. If you want to join our online weekly prophetic platform, we release five videos a week along with online training and how to interpret your revelation. We have online coaches. You would love it. I'm going to encourage you to come on our subscription monthly basis and for those of you who are listening, we give you the first month for a dollar. There's a code connected if you go to our website, and that way you can try it out for a dollar for the first month, and then it's uh, just a monthly price after that. I hope you guys will join us. Other than that, here's a word from our sponsors. One of my favorite questions I get as someone who people tend to see as a prophetic person or a ministry leader is, will you mentor me? And I love this question, and I haven't been able to do much with it for all these years because I've been teaching, writing books, these kinds of things, but the one-on-one is the hardest part. There's just not enough time, especially for the thousands of requests we've gotten. Well, we came up with a solution called the Transiting God Mentoring Platform, and this is a platform where there's five videos a week along with an online coach who's going to answer your questions, and you will have question and answer videos, teaching videos, mentoring other people videos where we're doing mentoring conversations. There's videos from other prophetic ministers, and some you'll know really, really well who are sharing prophetic testimonies and stories of what worked for them. You don't want to miss being a part of this community that's growing online because just subscribing monthly, you're going to get all these videos every week into your mailbox. And I know it's going to change your life as you have someone to process your prophetic journey with you and have these mentoring conversations with. Come join us at bowlsministries.com and click on mentoring. You're going to love it.
Today on Exploring the Prophetic, we have Jennifer LeClaire. And Jennifer, I'm so glad we're together again on the podcast. Thanks so much for being on. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you. If you didn't get a chance to listen to her first podcast, she actually shares a lot of her story or testimony, and it's so profound. And I know many of you have followed her since, and many of you followed her before she was even on. But uh, today we're going to talk about some some other things, because you've been in the prophetic for quite a while now. And as a prophet, you've been prophesying some pretty big governmental words. And I think one of the things I love about the show is we talk kind of the behind the scenes stuff that happens, because sometimes you see someone take a national platform on online or on some immediate clip on YouTube, or even you're in a meeting and they say some big things and whether you agree with it or not, it's just interesting because uh, a lot of times people will hear something like uh, you had a Trump prophecy and there's probably 35% of Christians or so in America who, or even more, maybe it's up to 50, who wouldn't believe that Trump should be president still, which is really mm-hmm. interesting to me. And um, But you had a word from God about Trump and, and right before the elections. And then you had another word, and we'll go there in just a minute, and you had another word about Brexit and um, that and that's a huge one because it's very controversial because a lot of the Christians in England are not in agreement with necessarily the theme of your word. I'm going to say a lot. It may not be a high percentage, but you've had to give some words that have very clear, um, they're kind of like a line in the sand. You either believe them or you don't believe them. And so I want to just kind of talk about like, what is that like? And welcome to the show. And I'm excited to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you've heard it said over and over, you know, how do you spell, you know, faith, R-I-S-K. And a lot of times people think that's like, okay, healing ministry. I'm going to step out and I'm going to, I got a word of knowledge. You're going to get healed. But, you know, it's the same with prophecy. I mean, the prophets in the Old Testament, they had some pretty risky words. And so I don't know what it is about me where when I first started out at prophetic ministry, I was so timid. I mean, I wouldn't even pray in a prayer meeting publicly. And when I would first prophesy, I had to, I had to write it down, you know, 20 years ago, I had to write it on a piece of paper and read it and I would be shaking. And so (laughs) I prayed for, (laughs) I really was bad. I prayed for boldness and eventually just, God just gave me this boldness where I, I always say, you know, I've been delivered of you. I, I, I'm not afraid of man. Thank God. And, and fear of man holds a lot of, a lot of prophets back from, I think, taking that risk. And that's why I love this young generation that we're seeing rising up because they do, they step out and, you know, everybody's going to miss it from time to time. And, you know, it's just a reality, but, you know, with the Brexit thing, I, I, I was in Brexit, I was in uh, England in uh, 2016, I was in London and, and all this stuff with Brexit was just beginning to rise. And, And I wasn't really following the news or the political aspects of it. And I got on a stage and prophesied that Brexit was the will of the Lord. And I really thought they were going to pick up like stones and begin to wow. like pummel me. They didn't like it. And I, I, I didn't know it, but I just stood my ground. And afterwards someone said, you really shouldn't have said that Jennifer, that, that, that's, that's, you know, you're not going to be popular here in England. And I said, well, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to be popular with men. I'm trying to be popular with God. I want yeah. to do the will of the Lord. So, you know, that sort of settled. And I started going to London last year, every month and, uh, and doing a school there, doing the school, the prophetic there in London and I got the the joy of standing on a platform three years later at the eve of 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 you know the the exit and prophesying again that it was the will of the Lord. And you know now I think you're right. Many people are are more for it. Uh, a lot of people still don't like it, but it is risky. And I think you just you have to. The key is you have to have more of a fear of the Lord than a fear of man. I said all that to say you know you, you've got to fear the Lord. You've got to take it 
it's a responsibility and we have to stand in it. We have to take the risk. Yeah. It's funny. Cause it's kind of that thing of like, you know, the, the, the old um, analogy of the, the prophet and this is the old Jewish kind of story. And the prophet goes, Lord, if I say that, they'll kill me. And the Lord says, if you don't say it, I'll kill you. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's that thing of like where you just feel like if you have a friendship with God, you're accountable to that. And I, I know there's certain things that I've prophesied and said that I knew weren't popular. I remember I stood with the, the president of South Korea before he was president. Um, his name was President Lee. And he was completely controversial to the church. And as soon as I started to give a prophetic opinion that I felt like God said to say, he's going to be the next president. Here's, you know, here's why, here's what the Lord's thoughts are on it. I mean, I had people who completely banned me and considered me mm. not only a false prophet, but a, a harmful human being to their, because I'm using God's name and putting it with politics. And that becomes incredibly risky to people who want safe Christianity that just doesn't have an opinion, that doesn't, you know, we, we're, we're conflict avoiders. That's what a lot of the church wants to be. And the prophetic is not a conflict avoiding gift. <laughs> at all. That, that's absolutely true. I mean, but at least we don't have to prophesy. I mean, like in the Old Testament, they had to prophesy some, you know, that, that was that was heavy. Yeah. I mean, Brexit, not so heavy by way of comparison. But I think we do have to take a stand. And, and when you see these words come to pass, you know, the good thing is, is that God is vindicating you as he performs his will that you prophesied, you know, and, and stood out, took that risk. So you know, I've just learned over the years we've got to do that. It, it it always does come with a little bit of fear and trembling, though. You're kind of like, oh, boy. When, yeah, when you but, released but, the word yeah. about Trump, what was that like? Like the day of, tell me as far as the human side of it, God, are you re were you like kind of nervous? Were you like, no, I, I feel fully confident about this? Or was it like, uh-oh? Oh, you know, it's one of those things where you, I knew, I knew what I heard. I knew what I heard. I knew what I heard. And, you know, I sent it to uh, Cindy Jacobs and I sent it to a couple of other people and I said, judge this. And so I think you can have uh, more confidence when you have a safety yeah. net, when, when other people, other prophets, because the Bible said, let them prophesy two by two or three and let the others judge. And when they affirmed it, they said, amen. I felt confident, but I was still like, like, oh, I mean, I sat up all night long watching the map and it was blue <laughs> and Hillary was winning. I'm like, oh, my God, this is the end of me. You know, this is the end of charisma. They're going to, you know, it was just so bad, you know, and I finally fell asleep and I woke up and like the map was red. And I just like, thank you, Jesus, you know, because I knew what I heard. But, you know, I mean, there's an enemy and he resists the things and you never know what's going to happen. You got to pray things through me. Prophecy, you know, some of it is conditional. Yeah. And some of it also, um, there's different camps and factions of people of different theology and beliefs. And so they prophesy a lot of times out of those different theologies and beliefs. And that's when it becomes a little bit scary when it's more, some of the more governmental or controversial issues is that you'll prophesy to usually within the grounds of the theology or the opinion that you have or the politics that you have. So it's really interesting when, you know, certain people jump on something and it's not based on their own political viewpoint, but it's based on an actual word from God. And that's what people are hungry to know. Like, did you have an opinion? Did you really want him to win so bad that you actually prophesied it? Or was this just clearly <laughs> God told me I have to take the stand? Mm -hmm. So I'm asking mm -hmm. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think you know with Trump, no, I, you know, I, I didn't want Hillary to, I wasn't a Trump fan. I mean, I respect him and what he's done. He's done tremendous things, you know, bringing the embassy back to Jerusalem, defunding Planned Parenthood. He rolled out a mm -hmm. Middle Eastern uh, plan, peace plan. So, but I mean, I, I'm not like a fan of the person, 
Um, but I, I, I hoped Hillary wouldn't win. He was sort of the best. I think a lot of the Christians felt that same way. Yeah. With Brexit, I absolutely didn't have didn't any opinion it. at all. I didn't know anything about it. I mean, you know, so it's uh, it's one of those things where what you t- what you just said is prophetic bias, and I think we all have biases. And if if we as we mature, we learn how to separate our own opinion from God's opinion, because that's what people really want to hear. Absolutely. And I think that's part of being the Lord's friend and also being connected to our own humanity and saying, okay, um, some of this, how much of this do I feel with what kind of weight? And am I prophesying with so much bias that it's not actually, it's counterintuitive at this point. But I think uh, the more mature you get, the more you recognize, oh, I wanted that to happen more than God wanted that to happen, or <laughs> it was opinion. And and those are, I heard, you know, Kim Clement, I've been studying him uh, lately, and he was a late great prophet who prophesied a lot of things that are still undone right now that are still or still have an opportunity to happen. But he also prophesied a number of things that have happened in dramatic ways. And then he had some misses and he would take responsibility for him and say, you know what, I'm not sure why I got that one. But one of the misses he went on, it's on YouTube where he says, I really wanted it to happen. And I think it, it was um, conditioned by my own desire. And that's why it didn't happen. I'm so sorry. And wow. I looked at that. I mean, he had a you know 30 plus year career in the prophetic and I looked at it and I thought, wow, what a responsible, self-aware, emotionally intelligent response that was probably villainized. It was probably one of the reasons why certain people turned away from him just because they're like, see, you could be wrong. But he was actually being very human, which I think connected him even more to the authority he had in God, which I actually respected to say, I'm wrong. You know, I'm, uh, we can be wrong. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about the mm-hmm. Seer Dimension book that you wrote. And just about the seer dimension period, like describe to me what the seer dimension is. I've read your book, but I, I want our audience to hear. Yeah. Well, see, so many people are so accustomed to dreams. Like we can be all dream. And so when people think of the seer dimension, they may think, well, that's dreaming. And we've spent so much time in the body of Christ teaching people how to hear the audible voice of God, which is critical. And then secondly, dreams, how to interpret them. But the seer dimensions, man, it, it goes so much deeper than that. I mean, it's uh, visions, angelic encounters, the heavenly dimension, out-of-body experiences, trances. All these things are in the Bible. And, you know, I believe that God spent the last decade restoring the eyes during the Hebrew decade of Ayen. And now believers' eyes all over the world are beginning to open, but they don't have enough training because, we again, we spent so much time talking about uh, the hearing, which again yeah. is vital, but God in this season is wanting us to be ambidextrous in the spirit where we see, hear, you know, Jesus only did what he saw the father do. And so we got to know God's will, hear his voice. And I believe he wants us to see more and understand what we see. And so th- that's what the book is about is exploring these dimensions biblically, what the Bible says, and also different experiences and encounters just to encourage people that, you know, anybody can see in the spirit. So I'll say this, you know, the Balaam's donkey, you know, if in the prophetic movement, we've had this saying for forever, well, you know, if he can prophesy, if God can prophesy through a donkey, he can prophesy through anybody. But the reality is, is that Balaam's donkey actually saw in the spirit, he saw the angel and that's why he stopped. And so the donkey didn't just hear the donkey saw. Oh, it's so good. I I never thought, and I think of like Matthew 13, 13, where Jesus said that's why I tell stories to create receptive insight because so many of us just want to hear God audibly or a disruptive voice to say, go this way, do this thing, because that way we would, you know, feel like we really understood his will, but we would end up serving him and doing things for him instead of with him and through him. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the seer realm happens because it conditions our hearts to be his friend. 
and to know his inner thoughts. And I love first Corinthians two, where it says the Holy spirit searches the deeper, most inner parts of God and relates them to us. And I don't think we could, we can understand those directly, especially the more immature we are, the more visual imagery we need, just like with children. It's like, this is, you know, when we put together letters with words and, you know, the whole phonics and the whole thing, it's like, they need that visual imagery. And I, I know I still do. I need visual imagery from God to build empathy and compassion. And so he shows me mm-hmm. visions and pictures and, and gives me insight and parables and metaphors. And I used to hate those, but the more mature I am, the more I'm like, Ooh, this is a good one. Like this is helping me so much. But I think a lot of people think it's like lesser than to get an image, but it's actually, I think it's a greater invitation because then you have to seek out his, his, his desire of what that means. I think so too, because Proverbs says that it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the honor of Kings to search it out. And so it it pulls us, it draws us in, it it demands at some level, you know, a deeper relationship, but more study, more inquisition, more curiosity to go and find out what that means. And, and I just love it. I mean, I, I've, you know, I came up through the Christian international camp, which are mostly Navi prophets. I mean, there are seers, uh, but, you know, Bishop Bill Hammond, he was, you know, he was the guy that was, you know, he's activated, what, like a half a million people yeah. to hear the voice of God. So, you know, and so we focused a lot on that, but God is really pulling a lot of us now into those seer dimensions. And uh, it's exciting. It's fun. It's different. Well, give us some seer stories. Like, tell us some of the stories of like what it's like to be a seer or to see things. So people can relate to it and go, maybe, maybe someone who's listening will be like, oh my gosh, I've had that before. Or, or they'll hear it and they'll be like, Lord, do that with me too. Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing is a real simple example. So I have a morning prayer call on Facebook and Periscope every day, five days a week. And during that prayer call, uh, many times I'll see a quick flash of an image. And if you don't stop and look, you'll miss it. Because many Mm -hmm. times when you begin to enter into the seer dimensions, it's subtle. You know, God has a still small voice. Many times visions are expressed almost like a still faint, a small image, a quick image. And I'll stop and look and I've learned to stop a little because in Daniel 7, you know, Daniel was looking in, in the spirit and it says, I looked again and I looked again and I looked again. And so we've got to not despise those small, you know, images, those impressions in the spirit. And so many times prayer, there's many gateways to the seer dimensions, but prayer is one of them. And we're able to see that. But more dramatically, I mean, I've, I've, one day I was meditating on Revelation 4 1. There was a, there was a door open in heaven, and I heard a voice cry out, Come up here, and I'll show you things to come. And as I was meditating on that, the word of God is a gateway to the seer dimensions. I was like, Whoa, this is jumping off the page at me. And I kept on meditating at it. And finally, I said, Lord, if there's a door open in heaven, I said, I'll, I'd like to go through that. Wow. And, you know, and all of a sudden I saw a hand reach out the door. I saw a vision of a hand reaching out the door and sort of, you know, crooking its fingers saying, come here, come here. And the craziest thing happened. I went through the door. I didn't go. I didn't see heaven. What I saw was a vision of myself on a surfboard. And I would, and I don't surf and uh-huh. I'm surfing like, like an expert surfer, you know, and the waves, I'm in like the, the tunnel, the, 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 you know, I don't know what they call it, but it's like a ton. I, and I land on a beach and I get to the beach and I begin to make sand angels on the beach. And the Lord said, you're entering into a season of fun. And so, you know, that was something personal for me. Um, I've had visions having to do with governmental issues as well. But I think the, the reality is, is many people are having visions and they're quick or they're having dreams and they don't write them down. So they don't necessarily remember them after they wake up. And as, the more you steward what you see, the more God will give you. 
Yeah, it's interesting because one of the women in our ministry, her name is Jennifer Toledo. She's our senior pastor of our church, Expression of with her husband. She um, teaches people about the seer realm. She'll teach them about hearing God and how he uses these visual images. And so a lot of times she'll say, okay, let's, let's all picture something. Let's all picture a cow. And, um, and, and people get like really upset. Like, I don't want to do, you know, visualization or I don't want to, you know, I don't want to use my imagination that way. And she's like, we're not saying this is God. We're just picturing a cow just to activate our image center. And we're going to look at like, like how many times have you had an image that's come up that's helped you to relate to somebody that you didn't give God credit for. So you're trying to think of somebody you're is sharing something really hard about their marriage or someone's sharing something really intense about some life experience and a visual image of like an aunt who went through that or somebody who you have love for mm-hmm. went through that and it helps you to relate to them. And that's like, that's the beginning of the seer realm. And a lot of people won't attribute that or they won't make those connections. But I think we could already connect a lot of times that most of us have had some of this engagement just by the power of what God's developed and wired us for in the first place. But we haven't said this is that. And so therefore we're not cultivating it or turning it into a regular relationship with God. And then it gets all the way into a very mature way of seeing, which is you know that God's giving you visions and you know how to press into him and actually experience the fullness of him. Is there a time that you had a really dramatic seer realm experience that, that caused an external outcome that you want to share? Well, you know, with, uh, there's a couple, one of them I have never shared publicly, but I actually saw the war room in heaven mm. and it's a long vision that I won't get into. And I, there's a few other people that have seen it that have talked a little bit about it, but you know, God is activating people to, you know, to battle for his will for their life and in this generation. But one I have, I was in a prayer meeting, in London at the, at our house of prayer there in South London. And we were praying as we're praying. I saw a picture of the crown. So Queen Elizabeth II, her crown, I saw a picture of the crown and it was rotating around and around and around. And I heard the Lord say, because many times when you see a picture in the spirit, you'll hear something as well. It's not either, or many times it's both. And, and I heard the Lord say, Queen Elizabeth needs to make one more bold move and to pray for her to have the boldness to make this move. Now, Honestly, I thought at the time, now this goes back to being human. I thought at the time it has to do with Brexit because it was right in this whole big yeah. Boris Johnson, the, the face off. And I thought it has to do with Brexit. I don't see where it had to do with Brexit. The problem with some things the Lord shows us is I don't know what happened in the back rooms. I don't yeah. know what happened, you know, yeah. in the parliament, in this discussion. So I may never know. We may never know if some of the things that we see or hear come to pass because when they're governmental or when they're, you know, certain aspects of these things, it's private and you don't know. Uh, but I still think there's something that Queen Elizabeth has to make a bold move for. I don't think it was Brexit. And I guess we'll find out. Well, and I think that goes into like some of the things that our team gets. And I know some of the other prophetic teams, we give anonymous tips to police for uh, cases that they're working on. And, and even if it's FBI, you know, one of our team members gave some anonymous tips or maybe not so anonymous, but she just uh, contacted some people dealing with the Epstein case. And uh, people are just, you know, God is speaking about these kinds of things. And sometimes what the cops have told us over and over is you'll never hear the outcome, but look in the news, you know, look and see if there's an Mm. outcome. And every once in a while we'll get a tip off or like a, they'll tip their hat in our direction in the sense of we had some people help us. or we had some tips come in that it really helped us. And I think that that's, we, we're so looking for validation. We need to be able to validate some of it as we're growing because that's how we know we're not, that's how we know we're growing. But uh, at the same time, there's going to be those times like what you did in that prophetic intercession where 
you're standing on a governmental platform in the spirit and praying for something that, yes, it's worthy of praying for, that there's something else for the queen to do. There's there's no negative in that prayer. So you're not going to lose. At the same time, mm-hmm. you may not see it. And I think that that's, that is a very valid, very beautiful point. But it's partnership with God. We don't know what we're doing. He does. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's I wish right. I knew more. We see in part. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, one of the, one of the um, fulfillments of word, because you've had a lot of words people have given you too, which I think is awesome because I think a last generation of prophets, they were more independent. They weren't as connected. They often said God wouldn't speak to them or give them words through people. And this generation of prophets, it feels like people prophesy over each other and really are open. And you've had words about some of your future uh, media direction. You've had words. One of them was from Chuck Pierce. And I want to go into the story because I think it's really interesting that sometimes we receive the word one way and it actually means something totally different. But do you know the mm-hmm. one I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> Chuck Pierce came to our church and, you know, he prophesied and he said, a glory now, but a new glory in the place ahead. A glory now, but a new glory in the place ahead. And he said, God's going to shake the walls loose. He's going to shake the ground loose. He's going to shake the ceiling loose. He's going to shake you out of this place. And we were like, yay. And we thought that it was a spiritual shaking. So, you know, I'm like, okay, well, you know, yay. But now I'm beginning to think, well, who's going to leave the church? You know, what's going to happen? Is it me? Is it what's going to shake? And it it didn't occur to me until several months later, the building literally shook (laughs) down. And we contacted Chuck and said, Chuck, you know, you know, I know you're accurate, but I, I, I really thought this was a spiritual shaking. And he said, <laughs> "So did I." <laughs> That's so awesome. Because That's there amazing. was a construction crew that was there, and and they were too close to our uh, line, and they were you know doing the drills, and it just literally shook the walls down and shook the roof oh down. It was gosh. that was crazy. Oh, I see. But I love that the, there's a sign of the natural though, because it speaks to that greater purpose, even though it cost you guys something. I know Bobby Connor one time prophesied of this church. I was in a large church and he prophesied, God's going to blow up the sound system. He's going to blow up a new sound. And then, you know, the next day their sound system literally blew up like a bomb. And luckily no one was there, but it blew up like a bomb. And I mean, it blew the speakers out. All the electric in the building was blown up. Luckily they had insurance so they could rebuild. But they're like, we had no idea it was going to be literal. <laughs> well, Cindy Jacobs, she she prophesied. She was at CI with Bishop and Jane Hammond, and she said, uh, "You know, I, this carpet. You, you, God says you're getting new carpet." Well, just uh, like a few weeks later, the flood from the hurricane oh, came yeah. through, and they, they, yeah, they got way more than new carpet. But yeah, so yeah, some of these things. <laughs> like, thank you, God, for uh, at least preparing us because it makes it a little less painful when you go through. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to. We don't get prophets on here enough, and because we're we talk to people from all walks of life. I want to ask you where you think the prophetic movement's going. Like, what do you think God's doing? I know this is kind of a loaded question, but what do you think God's go- doing in the future of the prophetic and prophet? Well, that's a great, yeah, that's a great question. I, I love the emerging generation. Um, they need a lot of training, though. I mean, I needed a lot of training. You know, you had a lot of training. The emerging generation, the Lord told me to pour my life out as a drink offering for the next generation. Wow. So I'm doing events, just you know, free stuff. Hey, come sit with me. Come sit and talk to me. But I, I like what they're doing. They're bold. But what I see is a couple of things. We need prophets to get trained. You know, the, the, some of the prophets coming up today didn't have the kind of training that we had 
you know, in the earlier days or 20 years ago in the prophetic movement. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was Cindy Jacobs that prophesied recently that some of these protocols need to be taught again, not to be restrictive, but just to, to, to make a sure foundation. And so that's part of it. Prophets, you know, most of the prophetic training we see in the body of Christ nowadays is just like how to hear the Lord's voice, which is critical, but like we need a like more advanced level yeah. prophet training, yeah. like diplomacy. Come on, how do you deliver word that's difficult the right way? Um, you know, being accountable, like Kim mm-hmm. Clement, like I've seen you do. You've told me stories about, you know, how you take responsibility. We can't be ones who just you know, put on Facebook every time we get it right. We've got to be willing to admit when we get it wrong. Amen. And so, you know, I I really feel like you're in that second wave of the prophetic and uh, God's going to begin to hand off some batons in this next season. And this new generation, the reason I love them, I alluded to it before, they're they're willing to take risks. They're Mm -hmm. bold. They're Mm -hmm. radical. And I think they're more so than maybe some of us because you know, you know, Bishop Hammond and Cindy and, you know, you know, all these folks, they pioneered so much and they kind of had to be maybe kind of safer sometimes. And I'm not saying that Bishop and Cindy and those haven't put out risky words. Yeah. I'm just saying this, this young generation is standing on our, on our, on our shoulders. And, and I, and I think it's going to get really, we're going to get some really crazy, wild, accurate stuff. At the same time though, we're seeing this Jezebelic influence. And I know Patricia King did a Facebook live just around Christmas time. And, uh, you know, was talking about this, this, she sees this Jezebelic influence rising also in the prophetic. So, you know, Jesus said that the the wheat and the tares will grow up together. So we can't be surprised by that. But I think the more education, the more training, the more mentoring we do, um, the the healthier it's going to be. And I'm I'm very encouraged by what I see. No, I I am too. I love that. And I love that perspective. I think um, people are trying to figure out how to get trained. And it's, I I agree with that. and I love that you offer training, and I love that we do as well. Um, I, I see that there's Bishop Bill Hammond, Cindy Jacobs, what you know, Bob Jones, these kinds of guys. They they were risky, but there was a lot to lose. There's a lot more to lose in those days because there was That's very right. few of them. And now we have, you know, I mean, if they said one thing that was not without right protocol, they could lose half their invitations for the year, half their influence for you know five years. They could be because there were so many radio shows against the supernatural and the charismatic and the Pentecostals, and there were so many. There was just so much against this kind of theme. We had so many less Pentecostals and charismatics, and the ones that were there were playing it safe. And now we have just a, a wider, you know, playing field, and it's beautiful. Like a lot of our materials go to the conservative evangelicals. I'm ministering all the time in Presbyterian churches, Lutheran churches, Catholic churches. It's not like it's no longer just kind of like one segment of people. And I say all that because. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have people who don't like me. You have people who don't like you, of course. And some are even other charismatics or whatever. But it's like it's, it doesn't really cost us anything the majority of the time. I hate it always mm-hmm. costs something when someone's negative, but it doesn't cost us like half our ministry. And so I think it's, it was really interesting because they had to be safer. And so in saying that, now we have people who can take much more bolder uh, stands and statements. So we, I agree with you. We need the right theology. We need the right understanding of God's heart for our generation. The biggest issues in our generation God wants to speak into and he wants to raise people up who could be a trusted voice and I think you're one of those trusted voices I'm so excited that you exist and that you're doing everything (laughs) you do (laughs) thank you um, likewise how do people get a hold of you what's the best way Oh, my website is jenniferleclair.org and from there you can you can go anywhere. We've got a lot of stuff going on. You can find my itinerary and and uh, just love being out there with people touching and parting prayer. I mean, you know, you do the same thing. You're you're an equipper and so I love that. And uh, yeah, it's great. Well, thank you so much for being on and we'll have your link of course and for anyone who's listening. 
Uh, we'll have the link on our website and also everywhere this podcast is. So thank you, Jennifer. You're amazing. Thanks for being on. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. And have a great time in Israel. Thank you. Thank you. Did you know we have a YouTube channel called Bulls Ministries? And on that YouTube channel, we have new content. It's a video show that comes out episodically every Monday called Your Prophetic Journey. And it's a lighthearted take on some really tough subjects like night terrors, interpreting dreams, signs and symbols, what to do when your kids are having nightmares, these kinds of things. We're going to tackle huge subjects and we're going to do it with you. And it's already available. There's already a lot of episodes on there. You could watch it. You could subscribe to it. You could share it with your friends, but come under our YouTube channel and join the conversation now about how you're growing in your prophetic journey. Share your stories and also hear ours. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles. I want to encourage you to stay involved with us. Continue the conversation online by going to our Facebook page. Sean Bowles is our Facebook public address. Also, you can visit us at www.bowlesministries.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. It's Exploring the Prophetic with Sean Bowles.